0: Welcome to the podcast, the Special Events Studio COVID Conversations. My name is Scott North. I am the sales manager for TO Live. TO Live manages the three City of Toronto theaters, Meridian Hall and the St. Lawrence Centre downtown and Meridian Arts Centre uptown. My responsibility is to get private, non-ticketed special events into all three venues. We were about to launch the Special Events Studio podcast when COVID-19 hit because we are now living in a different world, we want to get some perspective from my colleagues in the event industry and how they are managing. Welcome to the podcast, the Special Event Studio COVID Conversations. Welcome to the Special Event Studio podcast. We've got, we've got an interesting one today. So, from Ascari Hospitality Group, we have Eric Joyal, the owner, and Kathleen Chu, the events manager. Eric and Kathleen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Great to have you. So we'll jump right in. And and Eric, I'll I'll start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about the Ascari Hospitality Group?
1: Sure. Um, We are comprised of three restaurants, a bar, and a full-service events and catering company. Um, The company began with my partner, John Sinopoli, and myself about 15 years ago, and we've just sort of been developing it, and we've had multiple projects and other restaurants that we've started and sold, and and this is where we find ourselves today.
0: Awesome. And, and Kathleen, you're the events manager with with that group, and, and so what kind of events are you managing?
2: Well, um, as I know your podcast shines a light on post-COVID era, um, since March we've been really busy uh, leading – and executing a host of virtual events, um, ranging from cooking demos and mixology classes. We have um, some chef series with Q&A, and there's moderated series. So uh, it's been a true test of infrastructure and uh, how to actually deliver all this and execute it seamlessly. But that's what we've been doing since March.
0: So so events, but in a much different, uh, they are executed in a much different way. Prior prior to this pandemic that we're in, prior so prior to the middle of March, what kind of events? So you got a bar and three restaurants mm-hmm. and this full event service. Are you are you managing events for clients
2: Indeed. Or,
0: or for venue other venues? Indeed, or? I,
2: I uh, coordinate both on site and off site uh, events coordination. So that ranges from you know just smaller gatherings, uh, large parties at the restaurant level. Um, and then off-site, you know, it's a different beast altogether. It takes a lot more organization and project management. But, you know, we've done full food summit at Globe Mail Centre. Um, we also uh, were actively involved with the Toronto Biennial of Art, which is really fun and, and a massive production as well. So, yeah, it, it's all-encompassing, on-site and off-site.
0: Okay. But so if, I, if I'm a person out there, I want to do a... I don't know where I want to do it, but I want to do an AGM. I could come, I could come to you, and you and you could uh, handle everything, like get in the venue, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely,
2: we can work with other venues. We also have a really interesting partnership with Crows Theater. Um, they've been wonderful. Uh, they're they're wonderful partners. They're joined to our French restaurant in the East End, uh, Gardelès Brasserie, and other apart from being a theater, they also have a facility where we can host uh, a larger scale. Uh, meeting conference like an AGM.
0: Perfect. Now, now, Eric, uh, you've got all these entities that you're juggling. Mm -hmm. You start to get word that, you know, prior to even middle of March, you're starting to hear things about this pandemic and whatnot. How, how, How did that all go down? Like, did you just, was it an immediate shutdown, or, or how did that go for you as an owner of this company that has all these entities on the go?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, for one reason or another, I was sort of follow, following developments overseas pretty closely from sort of January, early Feb, um, and it became increasingly clear, like sort of mid-February, where I had this sort of foreboding sense of doom. I'm like, oh my goodness, uh-huh. this is this is this is serious, and this is going to be a big deal most of my friends and colleagues sort of brushed off. They're like, I, Eric, you don't know what you're talking about. You're being alarmist and all this stuff. And I was sort of like, yeah, you wait and see until March break. Uh, and then it just, it just started, to you know, we could, we, I could just sense that, uh, that this was coming. And, um, and then it got to the point where very, very quickly, probably in the space of four or five days, um, it be, was becoming increasingly clear that we were going to have to shut our doors. Um, and we made that decision, I think it was like right around March break, right at the beginning of March break. Um, we could see the reservation book just tumbling down and people canceling and our forward reservations and events being canceled and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it was, there was no sense in staying open. So we actually ended up closing, I think three or four days before the government actually mandated it. So uh,
0: So you closed four storefront
1: uh we we locations. we shut the entire we shut the entire company down on the same day and um laid off uh just shy of 100 employees and on in one day
0: uh,
1: it was uh it was <laughs> it was pretty dramatic it's pretty gut-wrenching that's
2: mm-hmm. yeah and
0: it's that's yeah, brutal it, it is brutal i you're the you're the first uh restaurateur that we talked to um and so Great, great to have you on, but I, I can't imagine your pain at that time. Now, has it eased at all?
1: It has. I mean, you know, we sort of, you know, we shut down and obviously that, you know, we're sort of dealing with the sort of like the sort of shock of that and like, where do we go from here? What does the future lie? You know, the government was still trying, you know, there was no, there was no wage subsidy at that point. serve hadn't been announced. Like none of that stuff was happening. We knew something was going to happen down the pipeline, but there was certainly a great deal of concern for. You know, we have a lot of in the restaurant industry, we, you know, we employ a lot of at-risk people um, that don't, you know, that live paycheck to paycheck. So there was a big concern there about how people were going to make ramp food on their table, pay their mortgage or whatever it happens to be. So that was, uh, you know, that was a pretty big concern. Um, and then we sort of took stock of, you know, where we were after we had a chance to catch our breath. And after a few weeks, you know, made a decision that we just can't stand on the sidelines. We've got to sort of figure out what we're going to do as a business, um, and try and find ways to innovate and to get people back to work. And, and so we started a number of different initiatives, you know, shortly there after the shutdown.
0: Okay. Now, Kathleen, um, at at the start, were you laid off?
2: I was, I was, uh, laid off with, uh, with all the employees.
0: Okay. And, and, so obviously now you're, you're back to work. So, so can you talk to us a little bit of some of the things that you've been doing, uh, that tie into what Eric's just said about these new initiatives? That yeah, started?
2: absolutely. Um, I, you know, shortly after being, uh, what was furloughed, um, you know, Eric and John, mm-hmm. uh, and another partner, they, they put their heads together and they started working feverishly behind the scenes, um, tr- I think what was supposed intended as a Toronto-based coalition to just kind of unify all the restaurateurs in the city to lobby and bring it to the government. It caught like fire and became a national thing. And in that time, you know, I it's I without any promise of any any future, I just said like, how can I help? So that um, that kept me really busy. And then shortly after that, um, we secured a couple catering. Uh, gigs, uh, one of them with St. Mike's Hospital, another one for food scarcity with Community Food Centers of Canada. So this was like little things for, you know, a good cause that, that got the engine moving again. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, all the while, you know, there's a lot of creative people and stakeholders on this team. So we just spitballed a lot of wacky ideas that if you said to us six months prior to, to, the, to then, you know, we would have thought you were crazy. But we, you know, there was everything from... Uh, converting the stores to bottle shops and curated grocery boxes and then making meal kits with our best-selling items and um, you know from that uh, new virtual uh, event ideas and approaching clients that you know we were in touch with in January and February and pitching these ideas and just making them happen and breathing life into them and uh, people trusted us and and we yeah we were able to you know we even did like a blues and barbecue night that was virtual and it had a, an Ascari branded uh, grill experience with a live link to a local blues artist. Um, and we, yeah, it was a really interesting time. It's been a really interesting time.
0: So that Eric, it sounds like you might be more busy now than you were before.
1: You know what? It's funny you say that. I think probably, and I think it's probably the same thing for Kathleen. We've been uh, you know, working from home for a big part of this time, but now restaurants are up and going. Um, but with all these new initiatives, and with uh, with the initiative that we started on the governmental level um, called SafeHospitality.ca, uh, I'm pretty sure I've never worked harder in my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can second that. It's all,
0: yeah, it's all it's all new. You're, you're having to create and,
1: and uh, yeah. I mean, we have I to can't... we have, we have to create. We have basically it was we it was innovate to survive. Uh, and the only way we were going to survive and have a viable business and bring as many people, uh, that we previously previously employed back to work was, we were going to have to get really creative and think out of the box and throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks and, and just try everything. And that's what, that's what we've done. And, and most of it's actually worked quite well. Um, and we've created these new revenue streams and business models, um, because we were forced to do it. So, you know, these are tough times and, and, and it's tough on society in general, but through these tough times is that's when, that's when, that's when society and humanity innovates and finds different avenues for, for success and survival. And we're just a very, very small part of sort of that kind of thing.
0: Now, before I forget, let's let our audience know. Let's let's make sure we plug your locations. What's what's the name of your different locations?
1: So we've got um, Ascari and Oteca, which is on Queen Street East in Leslieville. Uh, it's a small 40-seat Italian wine and pasta bar, essentially, that's been there uh, approaching 10 years. Uh, we have another uh, restaurant also in Leslieville at Carlaw and Dundas called Gare de l'Est, which is a French um, brasserie. Uh, and it's connected to a dramatic arts theater called Crows Theater, again, at Carla and Dundas. Um, also in the East End, we have a bar uh, called Hilo. It's sort of a neighborhood kind of rock and roll bar. Uh, I like to joke that it's, it's the bar where dreams go to die. Um, <laughs> I hate to say it, that so
0: far it sounds like the one I would like to go. to. Right, with. right,
1: and <laughs> just not too often. Um, and then, <laughs> and then we've got, uh, and then we've got uh, another Ascari, um, which is at King in Portland on uh, King Street West, um, which is sort of an evolution of the smaller original Oscari in Leslieville, and that was that's been open okay, for about and, a year. And,
0: And and right now, anybody could go and get inside, like make a reservation, get inside all four places?
1: Uh, Well, no, Um, you can make a reservation and you can dine there. Um, So far, we have, even though we've entered stage three, um, the province has entered stage three, we've taken a very um, conservative approach to reopening. So at present, we do not have dining inside. However, we are slowly dipping our foot in the water. So this weekend, we're, we're opening a few tables up inside beyond the patio on King Street. Next week, we'll be um, doing the same thing at uh, Galvest uh, uh, in Leslieville. And we're still TBD on, on the other Ascari. And then we're also going to be opening inside, actually this week, in fact, at the bar. But again, on a very, very limited basis.
0: Great, great. Kathleen and Eric, I'm going to come back to you and ask you the same, this same question. Kathleen, right now, what's what's a typical day like for you?
2: Oh well, um, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of balls in the air at all times. Um, I would say that uh, the clients want answers faster than ever, um, and yeah, there's just there's a sense of urgency um, and client custom, customer care that. We strive to give um, more than ever. Uh, So yeah, basically my day. I'm working from home for the most part, but um, I'm answering a lot of calls, taking a lot of Zoom meetings. Um, You know, within that event sales cycle, I'm, I'm making a lot of pitches, putting together marketing materials, writing a lot of communication for the company, coordinating menus and and proposals and invoices. So yeah, it's it's a busy day, but you know you anyone in the events industry who listens to this, I know this will resonate that your day doesn't end at five. You know, you're the only one who loses sleep when you know you haven't tended to everything that it's tending to.
0: Yes. I I know that (laughs) from experience. Eric, how about you? Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of the same. It's, um, you know, we're coordinating, uh, you know, the, the relaunch and of, of the restaurant of the brick and mortar restaurants, (laughs) I spent a lot of time working with Kathleen on some of the different uh, initiatives that we're, we're working through, Uh, you know, spent a lot of time with my partners on, you know, figuring out strategy moving forward and how we're going to deal with the fall and looking at different contingency plans when patios aren't uh, available. Um, You know, it's a different, very different times now in terms of with Black Lives Matter movement and. And, and, uh, and, you know, that type of thing. And we're dealing with that on an internal basis where we have an internal committee that we're trying to different figure out different ways in which we can uh, be better at hiring, uh, be more in a, more inclusive in organization. So that's taking up a lot of time um, to try and get right and to try and learn yep. and reflect. Um, so that's been uh, an eye-opening experience over the last couple of months as well and, and very worthwhile. Um, and looking at other business opportunities that you know, where we can we can we can create a company that's, uh, for lack of a better term, pandemic-proof, where we are traditionally a bricks-and-mortar you know hospitality company that's restaurants and bars and events, um, but we're 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 changing and evolving into a company that's a little bit more than that, um, and that can still survive and function and and employ um in times you know where 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 things aren't normal and if if we go into a another stage similar to what we were that we saw in the winter that we're prepared for it um and that we can still create hospitality experiences for people in non-traditional way
0: got it and and now with your entire stable of staff that were furloughed um, you, were you able to get a couple back to, to help on these new initiatives
1: Absolutely we've got I would say we are very close to a, a, back to about a hundred percent of where we were oh, right were previous yeah and um, maybe not a hundred percent but pretty close uh, and some people haven't been able to come back for other reasons or they've moved sure. home or whatever but generally speaking we've been able to we've been able to bring people back we've hired a lot of new people as well so I think our like oh, our staff levels, are probably at the same number, um, as they were uh, before we, uh, before we had to shut down. Um, so that's a good thing. And, 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 you know, the fact that, you know, there is that wage subsidy out there. Um, that made really a, a huge difference for us. We wouldn't have been able to continue on. We wouldn't have been able to do the things that we're doing today and get ourselves back on our feet without, without those government support programs some people don't like them some sure. you know they're not none of them are perfect um no. uh but in general uh, that has that has helped us a great deal in getting people back to work
0: it, now eric is are there a lot of your uh your, your other restaurants in the, or in the industry do you notice are there some closing for good because of
1: this there's tons closing for for good tons. um you know um because because they don't you know a lot of them don't have the financial capacity to weather a storm or sure. in this case you know there's 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 tons of restaurants that are small and don't have a patio don't have cooperative landlords uh a whole there's a whole measure of reasons why restaurants are closing due to the pandemic um and sadly there's a ton of them out there uh and it's it's Is it's a right? really difficult thing to see yeah yeah there's lots and lots and lots of independent operators that have been in This business because they're passionate about hospitality they're passionate about serving guests and about their food and drink and all the rest of it Um, but they just haven't been able to continue because the financial burdens um, that the pandemic has put on small business has been has been immense Uh, and and sadly it's not sadly we haven't seen the end of it I think as we move further through this year and when the subsidies and the government support programs start to wind themselves down um, we're going to see a massive contraction in the Sort of the restaurant hospitality industry, sadly,
0: not good, not good. But but a good segue into let's let's talk about and I'll start with you, Kathleen. Like, how how do you foresee things going to, back toward a full capacity um, live events? Uh, you know, full capacity in the restaurants okay. inside. Um, how how do you see your job? changing? Will you ever get back to the same? What are your thoughts on that?
2: You know, there's kind of like a, a short term, a long term, and the, the, the big long term. I mean, right now, I I really respect our company's decision to be conservative with how we've rolled out our reopen. And that, as we all know, in the events world, like we're kind of last to come back online. Um, but in the meantime, yeah. you know, the culture that weaves through this company is so unique and so strong in my years in this career that, you know, we have this kind of internal saying, and I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's it's very true. And it's that we are only limited by the boundaries of our imagination. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this last six months really proved that to be ever true. Um, I think that even with, uh, you know, whatever fate, the next phase looks like and whatever that quote normal looks like, I don't think that the general public will be really confident for a while anyway to congregate in large numbers. Um, you know, the heart and soul of events and what you try to achieve and how that those new safety measures look, you know, we, we haven't really fully understand or understood and, and grasped how that will look and feel live. But in the meantime, I have noticed there is an appetite and interest in engaging people still, without this physical live element where you have to wear a mask or not touch an elbow bump, but engage online and still connect. And then, you know, we log off, but they create their own little room to, to, to discuss. And this is in more of a corporate context, but in terms of, you know, more private social events like weddings and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, open script to how, how to write and navigate this. Um, but yeah, it's we have to really dream, dream up and figure out where that's going to go.
0: Eric, what do you, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would echo what Kathleen says. Um, It's going to be a long time um, till we see, you know, till we're allowed to until people are going to be comfortable congregating in large groups and combined spaces and stuff like that. So the traditional sort of events business and restaurant business for, for, for that matter is, it's it's not coming back anytime soon, and it may never. Um, our, our experience six months ago, if you went to a restaurant in downtown Toronto, um, it's very possible. But those are those are days that are past, um, and so we don't know hundred percent. So what what we're just trying to do is, you know, foresee how things are going, and then and then adapt. You know, people are so we're you know humans are social beings. Um, and that's never going to go away. That's part of our human nature. Um, and so we'll adapt, you know, to continue to be social people, but it's going to be in, it may, it may just look different. It may be different. And I think that the, the notion that a lot, you're going to see a lot more stuff being done virtually, being done in smaller environments, but, you know, still being connected, um, that's that I don't think that's going to go away either. And so, you know, we're trying to figure out ways to, you know, to provide hospitality and and execute events and stuff like that in these different formats. Um, and yeah, just sort of take it day by day. At the end of the day, nobody has a crystal ball. We don't know where we're going to be in a year from now. Hopefully it's at a good spot and we're back to normal, but if we're not, we have to be ready for whatever challenge we face. Absolutely.
0: And, 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 uh, Will and I were talking about that prior to the start of this, that, uh, it's it's probably not going to be ever the same. So, Mm -hmm. um, listen, I want to thank both of you for taking the time to come on here. Wish you both the best in in, in the business, but also, you know, be safe and healthy with uh, you and your families. And I hope that once this is over, I can meet you guys both and shake your hands face to face. That would
1: be great. And I thank you very much for allowing us the opportunity to come on your show.
2: Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here.
1: Great. Great to have you both. Okay, then.
0: While our doors are closed for the moment, we certainly still are working into the future. If you need anything, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at scott.north at tolive.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot N-O-R-T-H at T-O-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you very much for listening.